Super Bowl Sunday, pinnacle of American sport, the most watched television program of the year every year, and with it, the most watched music event of the year, the Halftime Show. But in 2004, the highly coveted gig that usually helps cement a star's legacy tangibly tarnished an icon's reputation in less than one second. Now, 15 years later, many, including myself, are still seeking justice for Janet. This is Don't At Me. Tonight, Janet Jackson is apologizing for her flash dance. The singer calls the bodice-ripping move by fellow entertainer Justin Timberlake during the Super Bowl halftime show a last-minute stunt that went too far. Change the Super Bowl performance was actually made after the final rehearsal. MTV, CBS, the NFL had no knowledge of this whatsoever. And unfortunately, the whole thing went wrong in the end. I am really sorry if I offended anyone, that was truly not my intention. Justin Timberlake tells his side of the story. I don't feel like I need publicity like this. The backlash. Now, what he says really happened. Welcome to the first episode of Don't At Me. Welcome. It's uh, great to have you all here. Good to have you here, Sam. Thank you. It's great to be here. Welcome I mean, to my home. This is, this is a lovely studio. Our state-of-the-art technology, yeah. yeah. Lots, of, lots of Cardi B <laughs> in the... I have a lot of references to a lot of my uh, personal favorites. You know, my grandmother's there across the room, Black Excellence. Uh, Whitney Houston is there, Black Excellence. Yeah. Uh, Lionel Richie up on the wall, Can't Slow Down, album of the year, 1985, Black Excellence. <laughs> Michael Jackson, Thriller, 1984, album of the year, Black Excellence. Uh, Cardi B, hand-painted portrait that my friend made for me, Black Excellence. Uh, you're really, pa you're really painting a picture There's, here for the If you're, the if you're wondering yeah. what the theme might be of my living space, um, it's a celebration. Yeah. Yeah, it's a celebration. I noticed you mentioned Michael Jackson. I did. Which is, watch this, this is a segue mm. <laughs> into what we're going to be talking about today. So Janet Jackson. Yeah. The, 2004. The other notable Jackson. of the, the. There's nine of them, but there's two that are notable. Don't at me. Wow. You know, <laughs> no love for Joe Jackson? Well, Joe Jackson is a child abuser <laughs> who turned out two of the most successful children in the world, but. Yeah. At what cost? That's a separate topic. That's a separate. What about Marlon? No, nothing about Marlon. Okay. Who? Who? <laughs> I, I got utmost respect for the Jackson dynasty, the Jackson legacy, but yeah. who? Okay, fine. All right. Well, um, yes, obviously we wanted to do this on the anniversary of what is the Super Bowl coming up on February 2nd. Yeah, so today is technically, February 1st is the 15th anniversary of this specific Super Bowl. So Super Bowl 39, I believe it was. Yes. Um, of course, the, the Super Bowl 52 this year? 52 this is, year, yeah. Uh, February 3rd. Tom so, Brady in both of these Super Bowls, by the way. Well, you know, there's got to be some consistency there. <laughs> both are going to be controversial for uh, racial issues. Okay. Oh, this one because of the whole, got you, Atlanta. The, the Atlanta thing, the uh, police, yeah. not police, but I guess protest uh, -huh. uh controversy well, in the Colin NFL. Kaepernick and all that. Uh, right. Obviously, is a big story behind it. And, Whereas Super yeah. Bowl Thirty Nine, the controversy was, and this is maybe 
just a part of it, but the fact that a black woman's legacy was tarnished in the span of half a second mm-hmm. or point, I think it's like point one seconds is what they it's, done. Uh, it's like, very, it was very quick. And I remember when I was reviewing the footage of this particular incident, it's, it's so quick, mm-hmm. but like the legacy that it has lasted mm-hmm. for like the Super Bowl halftime show has always been this iconic show, right? Like to, to be able to play on the biggest stage in front of hundreds of millions of people, you know, Stevie Wonder has done it, Paul McCartney, uh, the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, right? All of these iconic acts. It's interesting too, because I believe from my understanding when Michael Jackson did it in the mm-hmm. 90s is what really made the Super Bowl the spectacle we know it as today. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one who took it and made it like, this is a production you know, you're doing the gig for free, but it's it's free publicity. It's uh, a free concert, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that elevated it to that level. And then after that is when you got these big, iconic moments. So he kind of set the standard for that, which is, I think, an important side note to mention mm-hmm. in regard to discussing Janice. Mm-hmm. Because part of it is that you want the spectacle. You want some big moment that's going to be remembered. And boy, oh boy, did she get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the story, like obviously what we kind of want to discuss here is that 0.1 second that took place Mm -hmm. and kind of the repercussions that, you know, basically we had two celebrities, uh, obviously different points of their career at that point, but one curved upward and another one curved downward after basically. I wouldn't say curved downward. I would say was dragged downward. Dragged. Yeah. Okay. Like, like it, no. it was not that that was her own doing, and da, da, da. it was it was all these factors around. Yeah. Are what pulled her, yanked her down. So why don't we just like let's start off with basically for someone who had never heard of what had taken place, what took place in that Super Bowl. What's the kind of the Coles Notes version of what took place? This is the lineup: Jessica Simpson, Ocean of Soul, Spirit of Houston, Janet Jackson. P. Diddy, Kid Rock, and Nelly. So I was correct about Nelly, but I missed a whole lot of very important It's like the Mount there. Rushmore of like mid-2000s pop music right there. <laughs> I mean, you kick it off with Jessica Simpson, like <laughs> you're starting strong. Yeah. Uh, that was the lineup as it was announced. Now, I believe it was announced, well, Janet Jackson was the big get, right? Mm-hmm. So she wasn't, like, it wasn't like Janet Jackson headlining the, the show and bringing all these special guests. Like Janet Jackson in what world is going to be like, please welcome my special guest, Jessica Simpson. Not even in a 2004 world, but anyways. Yeah. Um, is so, Janet Jackson the big get? In 2004, yes. <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> I'm just like. Because we're going to get is, to that okay, when I go but through. I'm just, no, because yeah. part, I'm, I'm going to lay out in a minute. Yeah. Like the level that she was at in 2004 to illustrate okay. the point of all right. where we're I'm at I'm just now. saying, okay. Anyways. Cool. So there's rumors that she's going to bring out Justin Timberlake as a guest. And again, thinking in 2004, he was the guy from NSYNC who had one album, a hit album. But he had one album. He was a new artist in that sense. He was, had, he was having a great year, had a lot of success, um, was up for Grammys at the time, mm-hmm. and is kind of riding this wave. So, of course, and she and him have a history. I'll get into that as well. It's in my uh, 21 pages of receipts. Literally. Can you hear that stack? He obviously comes out as a special guest. He yeah. was out as a favor. It's like when, when um, a big artist brings out someone who's like popular but isn't on that level right i feel like maroon 5 and travis scott is not the best example because maroon 5 is big but they're not like that level i think it's completely different situations it's tough to compare yeah what the what the super bowl halftime show is anyways yeah so in that show she does her set 
it's a medley, right? So there are like Nelly, Kid Rock, all these other people that pop through here and there. But it comes back to Janet. Uh, she brings out her rumored special guest, Justin Timberlake. They do a version of Rock Your Body. And of course, we know the, the chorus of that song. It ends with Better Have You Naked by the end of this song. Mm -hmm. And regardless of, there's been rumors about whether what was supposed to happen, you know, what was intended, what was planned, and how far in advance was planned. Let's just go, Basically, like, what happened? Better Have You Naked by the end of this. <laughs> yanks off her. It's supposed to be, I guess, like a, a piece a, off, yeah. like a, a piece of garment. Yeah. He ends up pulling off the whole bustier, and for 0.1 seconds, you saw her full breast out on international mm -hmm. television. And not just like on TV, like every single person is watching this show. Everyone who's watching TV right now is watching the Super Bowl. So that, of course, is a big... Where were you? Where were you when you watched it? I have no idea. Did you I, watch it? I probably did not. <laughs> See, my story is, I remember, I remember, because again, I was watching the Super Bowl, Tom yeah. Brady, my favorite all the time, yeah. Really it, yeah. I remember I was in the kitchen getting food. And the only person who was watching the TV was my uncle. Okay. And because everyone uh, else was out, everyone else was, you know, kind of doing refills. And we had a kind of, a, we had a small TV that was just kind of showing this. Well, first of all, how dare you use Janet Jackson's halftime show as your break? I know. Right. Again, that's, I'm, that's I'm, I'm, eight, one. I'm like eight years old though. This Listen, is it. Well, she had a show to give you and you didn't want to get it. So. You weren't watching. <laughs> yeah, because I was, I was not a football fan. I'm just saying. I don't front. No, but Janet Jackson's there. Yeah. I became a Janet Jackson fan later in life. Later in life. Don't okay. Me. So... I already have two references to the title in the show. <laughs> Catch up, boy. Um, and basically, I just remember hearing my uncle going, what the fuck? Yeah. And all goes black. We had like PVR. Right? We, so the TV yeah. did go out. Yeah. Okay. Literally just like quick out. And I wonder commercial. if that's a Canadian thing too, because like it obviously was fed. It was into, delayed. Yeah. Right. So must they must have, I wonder in the States if they did the same thing, but like their course. Yeah. Shut it down. Get it off. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I remember just like it was obviously front page news the entire, mm -hmm. you know, news cycle afterwards on the Monday. I remember hearing the discussion in class the next day. Yeah. I then I don't think had a chance to see it. And this is another point that'll come up later on, but like how that spurred the beginning of YouTube, mm -hmm. right? The idea of, oh, I missed it. Where can I catch it? And TiVo and these things that that birthed. Well, TiVo, it like broke some record in terms of like people, yeah, people, people afterwards mm -hmm. and such, mm -hmm. right? Because you never want to miss a moment, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that is what happens. Um, the fallout obviously is immediate, so immediate actually that I've I found a video at one point of uh, Justin Timberlake getting off a plane after he left uh, the Super Bowl, and it's this scrum, it's CBS Entertainment Tonight, all these big outlets that are there asking him all these questions about what happened, and it took him like it took one point one seconds for this to happen. It took him point one seconds to drop Janet Jackson. Mm -hmm. and be like I didn't do like like everything is just get me out of this mess I don't want to be associated with this I don't want to be culpable get like, make it disappear mm -hmm. um, in that span of course we got to talk about also the the repercussions that happened financially afterwards right because well okay so yeah. this is this is part of it um, and this is where my my last page of notes comes in yeah let's hear it um, in 2004 after this happened CBS was fined five hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars by the federal communications so the FCC um, because of the criticism and because of obviously the the um, abhorrent conduct mm -hmm. as you might call it that was on well the amount of television. phone calls they got over yeah. I think it was like five hundred thousand all the complaints everything at complaints and this was see. yeah this was this was cbs mm -hmm. getting in trouble right so this is the network mm -hmm. um as a result of that and maybe this is the time to go into it but as a result yeah. of that uh the head of cbs at the time les mundus 
this was actually just recently reported on by multiple sources in the summer that he, after that, had a vendetta against specifically Janet Jackson because I guess they, the network, gave him and Justin the opportunity to apologize. Um, I know at some point, because again, I was what, like 10 years old when this happened? 10 or 11? Yeah, it was um, I do remember them having to issue on-camera apologies. Uh, they were separate in those, but they both did it. Uh, I think that I think that the apology in question that Les Moonves did not get was an in-person apology behind closed doors. It sounds like Justin Timberlake gave him that, and the reported reason was because he didn't want to be banned from the Grammys, which were also mm -hmm. airing on CBS. So here's my issue with the whole thing, though, from the stories and obviously all like the he said, she said that kind of came out afterwards, and I don't think... You know, we can go into all of the the stuff that happened. Obviously, Janet Jackson got a lot of the brunt once the actual thing, once the actual, uh, in terms of the dollars and cents. Right. Right? It all kind of was like CBS was blaming Jackson and Timberlake was kind of, where is he now? Mm -hmm. My one issue is that with, with the stuff that had come out, and even Janet Jackson says this, in terms of the rehearsal and the actual, you know, was this planned... The, the MTV director had no idea this was going to take place. Mm. Jackson is a said to... Who, she wanted this to happen in the show. Correct? Do you, you think that she wanted to have her full breast shown in the show? No, not that. But I'm saying the whole sort of like... Um, the planning of like, you know... She wanted to get something ripped. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think she wanted an entire nipple out, but she was like the one that kind of led that. And she said that in quotes. Mm -hmm. So... I just want to talk a bit more about that in terms of, you know, she did, obviously there's a lot of people who fight for her. And again, like Justin Timberlake did a lot of shitty things with not coming out and, and apologizing at the moment. But again, it, it was her idea. Correct? Sure. I think that what's part of the dispute or the, the dispute is that as much as she has said it, mm -hmm. like we haven't gotten like detail about the last minuteness of it. Like there's reports that are like, like the choreographer saying, Oh, um, she didn't want to do this or she came up with this at the last minute. Mm -hmm. um, this was their idea. It was 11th hour, whatever. This wasn't rehearsed. Um, others that say that it was. Like, There's a conflict in that sense about who mm -hmm. ultimately is responsible. She said it was her idea. Sure. At the same time, he is the one that did the physical motion that we all saw factually on television, right? So that's part of why it is like it should be at least 50-50. Right, I think you can't argue the fact that it was not a fifty-fifty level of blame on this. It was no. her being the scapegoat and her being the one that was punished, whereas mm -hmm. he then went on to a successful. But then career, why, but he was equally involved. Why was this something that Janet Jackson wanted to like? Why did that need to be a part of it? Obviously, we have she has trained directors, trained choreographers right. that have you know years and years of experience who probably set up that Super Bowl show. Why is it? Why was it her call to do, like, to change it up last minute? Right? I mean, like, well, well, I, don't, so I don't get that. Well, let's go with the yeah. narrative that that's what happened, right? Mm -hmm. As I said, the Super Bowl is supposed to be a provocative show. It's supposed to be, not provocative necessarily, but like a memorable big show. You want to have a big moment. Mm -hmm. Jada Jackson is a provocative artist at this point. Uh, she always skirts the line. She's very sexual. Mm -hmm. And the lyric that they end on is, better have you naked by the end of this song. So mm -hmm. it makes sense that maybe they thought, oh, well, maybe we do something a bit, you know, suggestive, a bit scandalous. Mm -hmm. That... If it had gone according to plan, if it had just been a little bit that's ripped off and you see a bit of bra, like you might have gotten a few, you probably would have gotten a few phone calls. This is America, mm -hmm. but yeah, you wouldn't have the level of outcry over that, and you you couldn't because it would just be like, okay, you saw a bra, sure. Like mm -hmm. if your kid's never seen your bra and panties, like yeah, of course, you know it's, what I mean? it's like a bathing suit, and that's yeah. part of the argument too. Is like 
there's the idea of what might have happened and what the intention was, but also there is what happened and the fallout mm -hmm. from it, which my point of view and many people's point of view, especially now, mm -hmm. is it did not unfold fairly. So, 2004, this happens. Right. Um, again, a lot of financial disputes, you know, CBS is dealing with lawsuits and all that kind of stuff, but let's talk about both of their careers at this point. I do have uh, Billboard magazine in 2016 to celebrate Janet's birthday came through with 50 incredible things Janet Jackson achieved before her 50th birthday. I'm not going through all 50. I'm going to go through some significant ones mm -hmm. just to give you a sense of like where she is as an artist. Because I, like, again, self-aware, I was not around for Janet Jackson's prime, for this era no. of Janet Jackson. Retroactively, I thought, okay, I like the music, I like what she was after. Mm -hmm. And I remember like when I was growing up being around for like the All For You stuff, like when that was going on, and yeah. that was still very successful, right? She was huge. But leading up to that, she did a whole lot of things that broke barriers, that were uh, trailblazing, that were just, you know, set records, successful. Um, she, her album Control, which was her third album, had five singles that peaked in the top five of the Hot 100 chart. I'm getting the Janet Jackson history lesson. I love this. Yeah, I mean, have you had it before? <laughs> no. Buckle up, kids. <laughs> five singles on Control peaked at the top five on the Hot 100 chart. Keep in mind, this is 1986. Okay. So as much as like Drake can drop Scorpion in 2018 yeah. and have, what was it, like seven of the ten singles in the top ten or six of the, of the ten at once, Yeah. Uh, this was five singles in the top five. Not all at once, but five consistent singles in the top five of Hot 100. That's still a pretty big achievement. Um, so I'm just trying to like compare her. I'm not. I got through one. Okay. Give I'm me just, a sec. Okay. Before you do the okay. comparisons, go I'm just, through. I'm just kidding. Let me yeah, lay yeah. the groundwork here. Okay. So you've got that in 1986. Her follow-up album, Rhythm Nation, mm -hmm. is the best-selling album of 1990. Not by a woman, not by a black person, period. Mm -hmm. Best-selling of 1990. It's the only album in history on the Hot 100 to have seven singles peak in the top five. That was another record that Drake came close to breaking in 2018. But he didn't. Yeah. Which again, streaming had a lot of boost there, and he still couldn't top that. So that gives you the sense of what a big achievement that was in 1989, 1990, like this era that this was going on. Yeah. In that span, uh, she became Rhythm Nation became the only album to produce number one hits on the Hot 100 in three separate calendar years. This is more of a fluke, but it is an interesting thing to note that it had longevity, right? Again. Using Scorpion as an example, I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to paint a picture I here. But it's I a can't great, wait for the Janet Jackson. It's a great example Scorpion because that was one that had like what how, seven singles in the top ten, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that she was able to have this consistency across three calendar years, even if it's like a year and a bit, if you add it all up in total, that still is longevity, right? So that's still mm -hmm. I think worth noting. Um, she got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Hollywood Walk of Fame, in mm -hmm. 1990. Uh, this, of course, there's just so many points here. <laughs> no, you know what? We're about halfway through. Don't worry, kids. We're, we're plowing through. Yeah. Hollywood Walk of Fame star in 1990, and you might think, okay, well, she's only had an album for. We've only been working for a couple years as a musician, sure, but she was also a child star. So, good for yeah. her getting her due. Of course. Uh, I will note that that now that star is on a side street. It is not on Hollywood Boulevard. So, justice for Janet <laughs> yeah. once again. Um, 1993, she drops her sixth studio album, Janet, or fifth story. Uh, that one debuts at number one. It debuts with 350,000 copies sold, which at the time was the record for a woman. Seems like nothing now. Like that's That would be an artist to be happy with that, but that's not record setting by any sense. That's like Adele selling 3 million copies in a week. Mm -hmm. Like 350,000 in 1993 it's, is big. Yeah. Uh, her song, again, from the Poetic Justice soundtrack, is nominated for an Oscar. 
So she's an Academy Award nominated songwriter and musician. Let's skip the page here. Just gonna keep reading. Do you hear that flip, folks? Uh, I Get Lonely becomes her 18th consecutive Hot 100 Top 10 song in 1998. So over the span of nine years, she has 18 consecutive singles in the top 10. That's not like she drops a single here and there and there, and in that span, there's 18 in total. Like every single song she put out across nine years hit the top 10. And that's yeah. a record that still stands to this day. In 2001, she, she is- You should send this list to Janet as a love letter. Like I mean, you know what? I hope Billboard magazine did at the yeah. time. Uh, 2001, she's MTV's inaugural icon. They do a whole televised tribute, which I rewatched last night and we'll bring up later on. Uh, and then let's skip forward a little bit to 2015, when her album Unbreakable ends up on number one on the Billboard 200. But this, of course, keep in mind, is 11 years after the Super Bowl, so it takes her some time to regain the resurgence. Mm -hmm. It also makes her the uh, it, an artist to have a number one album in four different decades. Michael does not have that. Several artists don't have that. I think that Barbara Streisand has like Barbara Streisand and Cher are ones that come to mind. Mm -hmm. But again, women. Um, and number one in four different decades. Like that you can't dispute. Right? Mm -hmm. So longevity is there, career goals are there, yeah. success there. Not in the words of Mariah Carey, not everybody has that. Wow. All right. So, that was that was impressive. <clears throat> So I promise this podcast is not just me reading facts, reading, but reading, there's an element of me dropping yeah. facts. I'm sorry. No, so it's you're, inherent. You're, no, you're 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 setting the table in terms of kind of a legacy and and. I didn't even get into culture. the three pages I have of no. artists who are influenced by Janet and all the no, distinct which I think, quotes, which I think we'll probably go into. Sure. And obviously, um, you know, and as we said, she, as you said, the Super Bowl was something that she was going to highlight. She was the biggest get. As and you say, numbers, it's a, it's a yeah. temple. It's like a, it's a career achievement at this time. And the numbers kind of prove that, obviously. With the, I remember mm. doing research that she's almost got, or she's, I don't think has more than, but has almost the amount of number one hits than Michael Jackson does. Yeah, right. Like, it's she, like, I think, has she has double digits for sure. Yeah. I think Rihanna might have just passed her. Yeah, but uh, like she, this is part of the argument too. Is she is a very successful person, one of the most successful musicians of all time, if not of our time, mm -hmm. and so is her brother Michael. He is more successful than her, but I think people sometimes think, oh, well, she's not as successful as Michael, da, 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 and use that against her. But, like, if you take away Michael, she is, like, she, again, breaks barriers, innovative, record-setting, all these things that if anyone else, you know, if you put her just in the lane of, like, Madonna, Mariah Carey, all these other people of her uh -huh. generation, of her era, of her gender, then you're looking at, oh, wow, she's great. But then when you add her to the grander scope, that's where people yeah. go, oh, whatever. So then I'm going to do this then. If, obviously, I, I hate that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to just kind of put her against the women of that era, right? right? The pop stars, you know, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, just of like the 90s, who were probably leading the conversation in popular culture. Depending on what you're going with this, Christina and Britney might not be good examples because they okay, are so technically... Let's, so let's do, let's just do Mariah then, right? Because I okay. think Mariah is probably like late 80s. Uh, well, then I would say like... Yeah. like Madonna, Madonna, Whitney. Okay. So let's say we Madonna, put Madonna, Whitney, Mariah, Janet. Let's okay, do those four. Okay. We put them all in that same situation that her and Justin Timberlake were in in 2004. Okay. It's Whitney Houston getting ripped off. Then you'd have her going, oh, bye. It, no, no, it's Mariah Carey. It's uh, it's Madonna. Sure. Does the narrative change? Let's say it's the similar sort of circumstances. You know, yeah. they have an album coming out, and is the backlash the same? with these three women than it would be with Janet Jackson? 
because I think there's a lot to Janet Jackson's name because it comes with the Jackson name. Yes, and well. that and that absolutely right? is part of it. I think that it it wouldn't have gone tremendously differently because at the core of it, I think it's easier to make her the scapegoat. Yeah, and any of these women, I think including Madonna, the yeah. other ones are uh, black women, Mariah Whitney yeah. as well. Um, and I think that's an element of it is you trash the black woman. Uh, Madonna was also a controversial, provocative artist, and ironically. Or coincidentally, I guess at that time she also was going through a bit of a slump. Mm-hmm. Um, so if she had done the Super Bowl at that time, at that time, and this had happened, I think you would have seen a tremendous amount of backlash and people who had wanted, who had been gunning for her, wanting to would. Uh, erase her the way that Janet was erased in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Um, but I do think race is part of it for sure. I think that as you're saying, yes, the Jackson name for sure was part of it because well, again, my, it, timeliness. Yeah. This was when Michael had been was charged with child molestation. Mm-hmm. So paint a pretty picture, it's like, oh, let's just erase the Jacksons. Well, right? yeah, the Jacksons are deemed as this crazy family that's, you know... And they have been forever, yeah. but this is like, okay, they're out of this world. They're nuts. Yeah. Right? So, you think that, they, let's just say, hypothetically, out of those four, Janet would probably get the brunt of the... It's hard. Again, yeah. this is it's like tough. a what It's a right? hypothetical, like, yeah. But I'm, I'm thinking about the factors, and that's why I say, you know, Madonna's also a woman. She's a, a mm-hmm. provocative artist as well. Whitney and Mariah are different kinds of artists, but they are black artists. Mm-hmm. And if you have so, someone like them pitted against Justin Timberlake, and if you're guessing that he's going to act the same way, where yeah. he is supportive of you up until that point, and then drops you, like that I think is going to play into the narrative. Mm-hmm. right? So now let's play the Timberlake half of the coin in terms of kind of what his career looks like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 2004, he's... Yeah, this is before Future Sex Love Sounds comes out. This was after Justified. Yeah, yeah. he was still around um, Justified. You know, obviously, In Sync was such a massive success in the '90s. You go way back. He was part of the Mickey Mouse Club. He's kind of been in the, you know, in the eyes of popular culture for almost maybe let's say 10, 15 years at that point, yeah. right? And is this one of the most career-defining moments for him in terms of kind of like this is the biggest stage? That he's ever been on at that well, point? Well, I think it would have been career-defining if he was the headliner, right? Because I think there's the level of prestige as the headliner. But or I'm just saying of... this is like the most eyeballs he's oh, probably yeah, no. ever had in his and, career. And he did do the Super Bowl, I think it was 2001, with NSYNC. Yeah. Like, that was the year also produced by MTV that Aerosmith was the, like, de facto uh, headliner. Mm-hmm. I think Mary J. Blige was part of it. Britney was part of it. And then mm-hmm. NSYNC. So they were special guests of Aerosmith mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but you're right. Yeah. Regardless of what his ranking was in the, the, uh, bill, he getting to do that stage. And at the, at this point it is technically his second time doing it. Like mm-hmm. that's still a big mm-hmm. thing, especially in the span of three years. Right. So again, he's been, it's been 10, 15 years of, of them kind of working into now what the Justin Timberlake brand is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have obviously been stories that like, he's been the kind of guy who, you know, will brush off people to get to where he wants to get in his career. I actually have an example in my notes. Yeah, you can bring that up. So, I just looking from, again, I, I'm going to sound like the freaking straight white male coming from this point of view. Check your privilege, I love it. Don't at me. Um, but, it, once this whole thing happens, and you know that you have this album coming out, and you know what's coming out, don't you want to stay so far away from this narrative? As just as someone who's worked so hard for the last oh, like, yeah, absolutely. 15 years to get to this point, that See, point one second. This is part of the problem is that mm-hmm. he flip-flopped, right? Like, as you say, yeah. yeah. Obviously, human instinct, basic instinct is when that kind of situation happens. You want to get out of it. You want to clear yeah. your name, whatever. Like, I'm not faulting him for feeling that way, but the fact that he flip-flopped and so blatantly, mm-hmm. like, 
did so at her expense. Because what's and the, then yeah. after like he builds his career on being this gentleman and like the whole future six era is him in a suit and tie and then he does that little suit and tie and he's mm-hmm. trying to portray this image of like he is a dapper man like he's a classy man he's da da da, da. no but we can we can talk about like 2010s Timberlake later on I'm saying just at this moment because he doesn't know what no, future yeah. sex love sounds is gonna it could be a complete flop right mm-hmm. this is you know he just came up justified you know and mind you uh, super. Future Sex did not come out for another two years after this. Yeah, but I'm saying like, you know... But, but it wasn't that, he was building up to that but album. But once was... that album comes out, obviously that defined him as a pop star. Yeah. That's like probably his best album he's ever came out as a solo artist. Like, probably, yeah. You're great. Yeah. Um, so if you're him in that situation, you just came off your first solo album, which was a success. Mm-hmm. You know, Cry Me River was huge. Rock Your Body was huge. Once, once you kind of get... You've been a part of this narrative. And I don't know, don't you kind of just want to wash it out you don't want to be a part of this at all mm, yeah right no, well that's no one's arguing that yeah right? like i'm sure if it was flipped and janet had the opportunity to you know remove herself from it yeah maybe she would have i don't know mm-hmm. but that's where it gets into the question is character mm-hmm. and that's where people have issues right because of the fact that he as i said off the top he's like i don't want anything to do with this da, da, da. he hit the grammys literally one week later on mm-hmm. cbs the same network as the super bowl and allegedly, he apologized behind the scenes so that he would be allowed to be on the show. He goes on the show. He does win a Grammy. It's this big career. Again, another yeah. career highlight. Yeah. He comes on, makes a joke about the show. Mm-hmm. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, J- Jack- Janet Jackson is banned from MTV mm-hmm. because MTV is owned by Viacom, which is owned by CBS, CBS at yeah. the time. And Les Moonves then has the power, if this is true, but... It is true that she was banned, um, was blacklisted from MTV. And keep in mind, this is also 2004. Not only did she help build MTV, like her brother built it himself. Yeah. She elevated it with her own videos. And mm-hmm. she's an MTV like legend at this point. And they completely remove, remove her videos as she has an album that's out in the next like two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. right? So that was where it was blatant. Like, okay, well, how am I supposed to be successful? How am I supposed to have a career if you're not going to let me have the platform that I'm used to? Mm-hmm. Right, so she's directly punished as a result of that. She was not invited to the Grammys that year. I will make that clear. She was supposed to go and do a tribute to Luther Vandross, whom she had a relationship with, whom she sampled on "All for You," mm-hmm. big hit. Uh, was not allowed to be at the show. Mm-hmm. However, Justin Timberlake was, and he was allowed to collect the Grammy, and he was allowed to joke about the incident one week later. Because at the time, though, is the narrative that it was Janet's fault because she came out. She's the one who planned. The, the sort of stunt. I don't even know if there was like a reason why I presented. I think it just was the narrative is it's Janet's fault. It's Janet. That's like it. blame Janet. Her nipple was out. Yeah, it was. Her, it was her nipple. Yeah. Right. They don't care about who pulled it out and who has the agency there. It's that it's her nipple. Yeah. Right. So it comes at the point, I guess, where like, okay, Justin Timberlake looks like a bad guy, obviously for not at that moment addressing it or being sympathetic to the fact right. that you know Janet Jackson's nipple was seen by over 140 million people, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I just like, again, I don't know. I can't put myself in his shoes because like, you know, I've, I, I haven't been there in my career yet. Yeah. But if you've been working that hard for the last 10 years and there's going to be something that you're going to be tied to for the rest of your life, you kind of have to, and you know, you see a, a way out of it and you see a way that you can kind of, um, I guess, take advantage of it. And obviously he did take a hit, um, which like a PR hit later on because obviously like everyone well, yeah in his own words what yeah. comes what goes around comes, comes back around. around yeah literally right? right so I don't know I think it's so bad but I think almost I would have done the same I would have reacted the same so way okay this is this is why 
I talk about integrity and character, right? Yeah. This is why it's especially muddy for me mm-hmm. and for a lot of people. Uh, I can't take credit for this. A little site called oh no they didn't.com and oh no they didn't whatever. Um, someone, a user on there, put together 20 facts about Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson's prior history before the Super Bowl. So, again, I'm not going to do all 20, but there are some notable ones in here. Um, While he was on tour with NSYNC, he, basically the point of this is that multiple times over the span of when he became a well-known artist to Super Bowl 2004, he has spoken abundantly and outlandishly about how much he loves Janet Jackson. So, first example is that he, in his tour bedroom, or gives a tour of his room uh, on some documentary... He has a poster of Janet Jackson on his room, on his door. In this picture, I can't show you here, but there's a picture of the poster in his room. Uh, Janet Jackson had them come on to her tour as her opening act. So she literally opened the door for him, mm-hmm. and then he, in 2004, goes and slams it in her face. Page flip. <laughs> 1998. Justin Timberlake. To MTV. I just want to say, about two or three years ago, I had her poster, Janet, on my wall, so I'm psyched. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that, about touring with her, her bringing him and his band onto her tour. Mm-hmm. Teen Beat, 1998. Remember those, uh, like, J14 magazines? Yep. Those ones? So, that kind of thing. Uh, Q&A with Justin Timberlake. Source? What? Is that a reputable source, J14? In this case, yes. <laughs> because at the time, he's like 16, 17, right? So, yeah. Okay, I'll take it. Allow it. First singer he'd pick to go on a date, Janet Jackson. <laughs> no, no, not the biscuit tin, some UK show in 1999. Question was, who's the sexiest woman on the planet? Initially, he says Halle Berry. Then he says, I've always thought Janet Jackson has nothing but sex appeal, so I'd probably say her. Also, 1998. Oh, sorry, this is 2000. He talks on his, uh, in some interview about how he credits Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation tour as an influence for his dancing. As of course now he's known to be this, he's a singer, he's an actor, he's a dancer, he's a triple threat. It was the page. Yeah, that was a little hard. Yeah. <laughs> Year 2000 as well. The NSYNC album, No Strings Attached, featuring hits like This I Promise You, Bye Bye Bye, and It's Gonna Be May. In the liner notes, each artist gets their own thank yous. Justin writes, I'm going to give you the full one on this one. Clive, you took a chance on us when everyone else was afraid to, so to you, I am very grateful. Also, Barry, Uncle Steve, Janet, Miss Jackson, because I'm nasty, Sonia, and all the rest of the Jive staff. Thank you for weathering the storm with us. Here's to a successful future together. So Janet gets a shout out. And not just a shout out, a playful one too. A flirty one, if you might. Okay. So I'm going to bring this back then. Okay, okay. We, I'm glad we got this because this obviously, is just, just, obviously Justin Timberlake looked up to Janet Jackson as, as he, an artist. Like this is just touching the surface. So I'm going to talk to you then. I'm Great. going to ask you about this then. You obviously are, are someone who wants to get into media and, and you know want to... I mean, I'm literally in media, but okay. You're in media. No, sorry. You want to kind of like, you know, move your way up. Just knock me down a peg. <laughs> you want to get in? No, no, no. Um, and let's say... I'm an intern, guys. <laughs> Where do you work? I don't know. Um, Oprah Winfrey invites you to, um, I don't know, it would be the equivalent to hosting something, but let's just say you're hosting a Super Bowl level broadcast. Sure. Right? You guys are going to be co-hosting. Mm-hmm. It. 
and something controversial happens. I'm not going to say you're going to rip off Oprah Winfrey's, uh, I don't know, her shirt that she had on air or whatever. Um, but let's say something. I'm, just, I'm currently imagining. I'm imagining this there. You're like hosting like some morning mm. talk show with Oprah Winfrey or something. Okay. We're doing a cooking segment and I happen to reach too far across. This example, I'm trying to poke holes in it and I can't yeah. poke holes in it. But that's yeah. a tangent. Yeah. That's a separate podcast. Is okay. me poking holes in the same stories. Yeah. Um, the illustration you're trying to give me is Janet Jackson give or Oprah, sorry, gives me some opportunity. I pounce on it and somehow she gets in trouble. But yeah. in the, it would have to be somehow like I'm involved. I'm directly implicated. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, one of the holes I'll poke into this one is that Oprah, as a specific example, is a media owner. So the, like, it, there's different saying, levels of power term, there, different yeah. levels of control. Yeah. Reference. But um, with regard to the illustration of what I would do in that situation, like, yes, I'm fully aware and I recognize the fact that as a human being, my intention is to get out of the situation. What I'm saying is that Justin, yes, I understand the humanity of it, but he showed his ass, mm-hmm. right? Like he showed his character in that sense because he's riding the successful wave and this happens to his professed at least 20 times idol. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He walks away, right? Yeah. All right. Well played. Facts only. Facts, yeah. Facts only here at Don't At Me. I don't know. I'm just like basically, again, obviously like the narrative was very negative for Janet at the time. I just think we can't put all the blame on Justin. I'm not doing that. And I don't, but I think a lot of people are with that negative, because of the negativity that Janet got back in 2004. I think it's more so about that, the fact that like, it's it's a mix of a couple of things. I think it's a mix of the era that we're in mm-hmm. and the fact that now he's in the stage of his career that he's in, where he's not some budding artist anymore. He's successful. Like It's the same way that Janet, as much as I feel like she's been erased, and a lot of people do feel that way as well, you can't fully take away Janet Jackson's legacy, right? Like There's certain people, and it's certain, in certain uh, sectors, she is still like Janet Jackson, the living legend. She's this, 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 mm-hmm. this. Overall, she still is, but my feeling is she's not recognized as such. Justin Timberlake now is at a point where he is successful. You can't take his success away from him. He has 10 Grammy Awards, all these VMAs, and all these records sold and yada, 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 right? Like he is successful and he's in a position of power now where even if he were to step away and say, you know what, I recognize that like I whatever and genuinely come across as like I apologize for this, mm-hmm. which I will say he has, I think, tried to do at different times over the year, over the years, sorry. I do have uh, a direct, I'm pulling into the receipts again, sorry. Mm-hmm. Can't help it. Um, I think it was 2006 that he gave an interview with MTV where he talked about uh, the the Super Bowl. And he said, like, I think I took about 10% of the blame and da 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 But in those apologies, he always finds some way to not take the blame for it, right? Like, not accept what part of blame he should have. To say you only got 10% of the blame, sure, that's acknowledging it. That's not taking that 10%. He then goes on and says, like, you know, our our culture is so demeaning against women and women have a harder time and especially uh, ethnic women and ethnic people. And okay, sure. Like point that out. I have eyes too. Mm-hmm. Like we've been new that Justin, mm-hmm. even though it's 2006, like you, you can still, that's not any mind blowing information. That's not you taking into account the ways that you've benefited from that and trying to rectify it but I in think the ways we, that you as an established artist now can. I think if we got that apology from Justin off the bat, if it was something like I, I, fully take blame and you know I, I totally am so culpable for what happened mm-hmm. during that moment 
I don't think the narrative changes, right? I think the bigger question changes was to it, what? I think the bigger question and the basically the 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 changing of how these two careers kind of changed after that one moment is the the big players, the media players, right? The fact that MTV started to ban Janet Jackson afterward. Mm -hmm. I think if if Justin Timberlake says he's culpable, I think they would have still done it because it was such a toxic male um, industry at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that, I don't think, but I, that's where I acknowledge yeah. that his blame ends. Like that's where you get into the misogyny of the industry, and it gets yeah. into the whole Me Too thing and how Les Moonves, who, by the way, is now out of his job mm -hmm. because allegations of sexual misconduct in the workplace came up where he abused his power. This is an example of that in like a non-sexual way yeah. that only surfaced as other allegations of actual sexual misconduct arose. Yeah. Right. So this is an example of the misogyny and inherent bias against women that our society, our culture, our media have. So if you're Timberlake though, at that point, then why risk it? Why risk coming out and like taking blame on something and maybe it's going to crash your career? Why risk it? Because you know it's the, the end point's going to be the same. I mean, you know what? There's a lot of artists who take bigger risks than that, who, whether or not they've come out of the, of the other side. Because again, like, trying to raise some sort of comparison is almost futile, right? This is mm -hmm. such a unique... Situation and a unique. Yeah, you scenario. can't compare it to anything. Yeah, but for me, and as I said, for a lot of people, it comes down to character. It's like he, he if he had said, you know, Janet's not to blame, or da da da, da or been more of a man about it, whatever interpretation that might have been. Mm -hmm. uh, it still is a matter of him accounting for that versus doing everything to like make it everyone else's fault. And it's not like he would have started back from square one, right? He still would have had a record contract. He still would have had his success and his label and his tour and all these and his Grammy awards, right? Mm -hmm. Whether or not he was going to show, he would have won that Grammy. Yeah. So he wouldn't have been starting from square one. He would have been in a position where he can say and use the inherent privilege he has as a straight white male, mm -hmm. where I don't think that him coming out and saying anything would have knocked him in the same way. I still don't think it does any effect, though, because I still think it was MTV's call. It wasn't Justin Timberlake's call to ban her off MTV and to kind of, like, blacklist and the fact that her album tanked. Right. That, 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 you can, right? That, that you can talk about specifically to MTV and VH1. But if Justin Timberlake comes out in the press and says, I should be to blame for this, you can't spin the headlines. You have a direct quote there, right? If he says, I apologize and it's partly my fault, which he didn't do. But I'm just saying, why would he do that, though? Why does he need to do that? Because maybe he wants to acknowledge his straight white male privilege. <laughs> Don't at me. Don't <laughs> at me. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Uh, okay, so let's... <laughs> As I said, I think that really is, like, the end of the Justin Timberlake thing. Like, it's more so to illustrate the level that he was a part of it. I'm not even here to try and place some sort of level of blame on him. It's just, like, mm -hmm. my point is... He at the time didn't handle it as I think he should have, as he could have. Uh, in the time so since he hasn't, he should, he's think, someone yeah. who, regardless of even this, he's built his career off of the backs of other women. Mm -hmm. He, if you want to really get into it, uh, JC was the leader of NSYNC until he started dating Britney Spears. Then he became the frontman of NSYNC, and then he became the solo star of NSYNC. Then he and Britney broke up, and then he used Cry Me a River, and that was what really made him the superstar he is. Senorita. Don't ask. Senior, Senior is a great song. Crime Rock, your, came rock, out first, rock your bodies. Crime River too. came out first. Okay, but I'm single. saying though, they Don't were all me. they were all great though. Crime River is the one though that really put him on. Like 
Like I Love You came out, and that's a great song too. Yeah. But that was not a big song. That didn't go in the top 10 of Billboard, like Cry Me River did. That yeah. was the one that put him on the map as a solo star, and it was about his ex-girlfriend, who he says cheated on him, even though he might have cheated on her as well. There are rumors about that. Don't at me. <laughs> Don't. God. Yeah, I can also go into like the fact that I think that's a separate it, podcast. Yeah, episode. it's a separate podcast. It's too, well, I don't want to go far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. I'll get I'll get another 20 pages of notes. About Timberlake. Well, I haven't thrown in a sip yet, guys. Sorry. Yeah, God. Um, let's throw in some just basic closing remarks then on terms of kind of where we are Oh, you now. want to close already? I think we're already at 45 minutes, dude. Well, you can edit it down. I'm saying like, I think <laughs> once we get there, we'll get probably yeah. to an hour and a half. Um, so closing remarks just kind of in terms of where these celebrities are now, I know we've kind of touched on it in terms right. of our arguments and stuff, but let's just say it's 2018. Let's bring it full circle in terms of kind of, you know, where has Timberlake's career gone? What happened to Janet Jackson's career? Yeah. In terms of have they influenced the culture? Uh, I don't know. Just kind of let's, mm, let's yeah. talk a bit more about um, what has happened since 2004. Well, I mean, I think to illustrate it, by 2018, I think there has been a bit more of a balance that's happened because... Uh, specifically this year, this is the first time that Justin's really had like a maybe a misstep, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, his Man of the Woods album was not received well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did headline the Super Bowl again, and that's part of why this can of worms reopened. I'm actually still surprised that he took that gig because I think that at that point, even aside from his own correct connection to the Super Bowl, uh, he taking it in 2018 still has the Colin Kaepernick controversy around it, the Black Lives Matter controversy around it, the, the whole mm-hmm. protest aspect that he who has so long tried and kind of stumbled through being an ally and there are examples of that that's again a separate podcast Mm -hmm. i'm still surprised he took that gig with all the controversy around it directly and indirectly anyways he does it but his album is not received the way that his other music has it's supposed to be this like well because it was was trash i didn't i haven't listened to it You haven't listened to it. I have not. Li- that, that's my protest. Right, it's good. It's trash. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just not a good album. I listened to the two singles and I was like, okay, I'm over this. But you can say, say something isn't that bad. You can say 2020 the experience wasn't worth great either. Though. No. Like, I don't think he's really come out with anything notable since Future Sex, which was back in 2006. No, it was 2006. 2006, right? Yeah. Um, so in that sense of like, yeah, I think that they've kind of evened out a bit. Of course, he's more current in pop culture, partly because he's married to Jessica Biel. And, of course, uses any chance he gets to walk a red carpet and steal her shine. That's a separate podcast. Um, <laughs> Justin Timberlake shade out. It's an excuse to go to the Golden Globes. It's an excuse, excuse to go to the Emmys. It's an excuse to go to all these different shows that she's invited to because she's nominated or she's on this show. And go along, right? Like, he's obviously nominated for other things as well. He was nominated for an Oscar for mm-hmm. uh, Can't Stop the Feeling. Um, he has won more Grammys. He's toured and this is it. Like, yeah. he has had the upper trajectory. He did a song with Michael. With Dead Michael, yeah. Um, which, whatever, sure. That's a, that also it's, felt like a bold face, weird, like yeah, yeah, really yeah. with your history with the Jacksons. Um, so he's had all these moments where he has continued to rise and be successful, but there's always still been this element of uh, like a little bit of cringe around some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I use the example of his relationship with women and like the fact that he is invited back to the Super Bowl and to do all these things that are markers of success, but like he's working in a Woody Allen movie and mm-hmm. all these things that he 
if he's so secure in his his it seems stature, like tone deaf almost. At yeah, point. yeah, and yeah. and the fact that he so blatantly supports me too at the same time that he's promoting this Wonder Wheel, whatever it's called, Wagon Wheel. Mm-hmm. No, it, it was it was Wonder Wheel. It wasn't Wagon Wheel. But but the country hit Wagon Wheel. It's, yeah, there's a, a lack of self awareness there. There's a tone deafness, like you say. So you, th- in terms of then bringing it back to the 2004 thing, if you would have handled it in the way that where it was not, you know. Yeah. He basically comes out with the apology. Do you think he still has the same career trajectory? I know we're playing total hypotheticals. We have mm-hmm. no idea what it would look like. But the actual career trajectory of him, you just think he basically becomes the squeaky clean guy and no one knows about. He's like the super nice. I, I, well, I think the whole point of this is it really shows how much like one single thing can change your whole trajectory, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I think maybe the better illustration is if he wasn't involved in this, mm-hmm. how would his career have looked? And I think it would have looked largely the same, right? If he wasn't involved in this controversy, if he'd been at the show and it had gone according to plan, it, w- it would have been a blip, right? Like we look back at that Super Bowl and we go, oh, okay, so like P. Diddy was there? Oh, I forgot, right? Like the years before and after, we know Beyonce was with Prince and that, that's maybe not everyone knows that. Maybe that's just something I remember. Right, but you don't look at these individual things unless there's some sort of moment. And without that moment, I think his trajectory is the same. He's an artist who's on the rise, he's doing well. I think the argument is Janet's trajectory would have been different. Like I said, she had an album out that same month. It wasn't received the same way, whether there was bias towards because of the Super Bowl or not. Um, But I think if you take away the Super Bowl equation, she had a single that came out the day after, I think it was the day after uh, the awards. And I want to say it was produced by Kanye West, who at that point is this, you know, on the rise, like up and comer. Producer. Of course, 2018, rapper, 2019, blue, different. Yeah, yeah he's, he's just unknown, right? He's but up-and-comer, but yeah. she had everything in place where she could have had another successful album, continue to cement herself, even in spite of what's going on at the moment with Michael. I think at that point they are two separate people. Uh, but this kind of brought them back into that same sphere of, oh, the Jacksons, they're crazy. Like they're wild. They're, you know, they can't be trusted. They're, out to to uh, uh, with, brainwash your kids, but with with do like with facts though, like the Jacksons were a weird family by oh, the end of it, absolutely correct. But I mean, yeah. in this in this stage, the media is using this narrative of the Jacksons as this crazy family, right? Like they've got shit going on, yeah. But I think using that against against her specifically mm-hmm. was wrong. And you feel like that that moment sort of put a nail in the coffin for her in terms of kind of like her legacy as one of the most influential 80s artists, 90s artists. Well, one of the most influential R&B yeah, artists. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think thankfully not because you look at it now and she is kind of getting her due and that's where I think the balance is coming in where like Justin's taking a hit but she's back and she's doing things and she's touring and she's dropping new music every now and then and she's trying to be more active and present and part of being active and present is most of the time you see her nowadays you see her at some award show where she's getting some sort of icon award, right? Mm-hmm. She was at some show in Asia last year. She was at the Billboard Awards and got a Lifetime Achievement. Uh, she got a Lifetime Achievement at the BET Awards a couple years ago. Like, she's doing these things that I think are consciously to cement her legacy, right? Re-cement it, I think. Mm-hmm. Because using the, the MTV icon uh, example I gave earlier, like, when that happened, that was this who's who of everybody on the planet Earth was there, right? Like, appearances by Aaliyah, R.I.P. Stevie Wonder, who, you know, as much as they can get all these big names, Stevie Wonder doesn't care. He'll show up if he wants to show up, and he showed up for her. Michael, her brother, does a, a taped appearance. Um, 
covers of her songs by Destiny's Child, this unknown named Beyonce. Um, Usher, Maya Pink do this dance tribute, which shows you how iconic, not even just her, but like her choreography, her visual artistry is. Like this is 2001 and they're cementing the fact that like you're untouchable. And at this point she's still in her mid thirties, right? So that's why, that's the point I'm trying to illustrate is like, if you take away the Super Bowl, her trajectory I think is different. I think one thing we can take away from this in terms of you just related to 2018 and you know, this is before Facebook, this is before Twitter, this is before YouTube, obviously, as you said, this is kind of like the inspiration. YouTube was the direct result yeah, of this Of this thing. thing, right? Janet Jackson's impact. Yeah. But I think it's also like one of the first major examples of cancel culture, you could say, almost. Mm. Like everyone was just out there to like put Janet's head on a... On but a, in, this case, a they were, in this case, they were canceling her for having a nipple. But I'm saying though, it's, be- it's the, the beginning of that intense mob where everyone had an opinion on it because everyone watched the Super Bowl, right? right. And this is before, you know... You this is before your, Twitter, yeah, this, and everything. You, you know, your grandma was on Twitter and having an opinion, and, <laughs> you know, basically everyone could talk about this at the water cooler, right? Yeah. So it's kind of that beginning of, you know, everyone had the same opinion, like, oh, did you see that Janet Jackson, you know, showing her nipple in front of 140 million people? How dare she? Mm-hmm. How dare she? And then it's that sort of echo chamber of... yeah. Janet Jackson's a bad person. Janet Jackson's a slut. Janet Jackson mm. should be shamed. I called the FC, you know, the fact that whatever, it was like 500, I don't know if it was 500,000, a large amount $550, of $550,000 yeah. is what she was talking No, 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 I but think, the, no, the phone calls. Yeah, though, I think it was like 50,000 calls. Yeah, is, you know, insanity. Where I think, I don't think the amount of phone calls happened if we had Twitter in that generation where well, people that, would the, just air that it out. It would have been what they would have been gauging too. They would have gone, oh, there's all these tweets about it, right? That's what the headlines yeah. would have been. Janet Jackson was the number one trending topic, and da, da, da. and you know, if we're talking about like an entertainment news show, just a hypothetical entertainment news show, yeah, we would have been having some sort of like music expert or like a social media expert to come in and say, "This is the analysis of this. Mm-hmm. This is what people are talking about and why." Mm-hmm. Well, I just think the numbers of it, uh, because this is before social media, it's interesting to see kind of how we've progressed as a culture to now, mm-hmm. where like. You know, uh, obviously, we can make an example two years ago when they fucked up the Oscar Best Picture. Uh, we can talk about, you know, so many different awards show mishaps and, and bloopers yeah. and stuff that has happened that people have been commenting. I love watching award shows in the Super Bowl on social media. You know, Left Shark yeah. from Katy Perry. That was like the, the huge phenomenon. On yeah, Twitter. part of it is that, what do they call yeah. it? Like multi screen viewing or mm-hmm. like do- Mo- double screen? D- dual double screen, screen yeah. yeah. You're just kind of a part of a conversation while it's happening. Yeah. But I just would have wondered if that would have enhanced, like would have helped Janet or would have... Well, that y- you yeah, know what I, though? I think that is an important point to make because mm-hmm. uh, part of what I talk about with the current culture and the fact that the narrative has shifted and, and uh, that kind of stuff is the fact that because of Twitter and this fragmentation of media where so many more people have these amplified, amplified voices, it's not that, you know, Les Moonves can say, ban all her videos on MTV and boom, the gavel is dropped and choice is made and there goes her biggest platform, right? Mm -hmm. I think if it happened in 2018, you would have had more people going, Janet Jackson's being targeted and being blacklisted and being erased because she's a black woman. And you would have, whether or not that's your opinion or whether or not that's fact, that's what kind of thing you would be hearing and it's the kind of thing that would have been amplified and you wouldn't have the echo chamber of Janet Jackson's an evil person, Janet Jackson's a bad, she's she's trying to brainwash your kids. Like Mm -hmm. you would have had more of dialogue and probably you would have been able to avoid this. I think in 2018, this does not happen the same way either. 
I think I think one of the main reasons it doesn't happen is because obviously the the entire conversation has changed in terms of mm-hmm. like the Me Too movement and you know white male privilege and you know we're, we're a lot of yeah. we're 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 more aware of issues that have been taking place that in 2004 if you see if you watch a TV show or a movie what, uh, some of the jokes they mm-hmm. they had in 2004 like forget what was it the forty year old virgin has like so many gay slurs and yeah. that movie came out in like 2000 even. The Janet Jackson MTV Icon yeah. special from 2001. Jamie Foxx does a stand-up special. Yeah. And there's a whole I'm, lot there. Yeah. Britney so like, Spears in her thing, you know, very casually, colloquially says the R word. And yeah. she doesn't say it in an offensive way. She just says like, oh, I looks like it was meant to be like a self-deprecated thing. But now she would have been flagged as saying a slur. Yeah. Right? I think it's just, two, it's two different conversations in terms of like, if this were to happen in 2018, I think a, we've grown so much as a society in terms of not tolerating, you know, these particular actions mm-hmm. that I think the conversation went a bit different, but I think it's more we're just talking about the the media aspect of it, the the fact that technologically we have these social media platforms that people have a voice to talk about yeah. and see their opinions instead of just you know your Aunt Ruth that you had over for Sunday dinner and talk about you see that <laughs> Janet Jackson. Well, thankfully With, your Aunt Ruth has a Facebook yeah. page for that now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, any sort of final remarks? Anything else you want to add? Uh, you know what I want to add? Actually, you have I more add, pages. I have more pages, but what yeah. I really want to do here is leave you with some worthwhile Janet Jackson songs to okay. listen to. Uh, I have a playlist on my iTunes called Justice for Janet. If you're an Apple Music fan, let me know and I'll get you the link. <laughs> I don't think anyone has Apple Music anymore. Uh, I'm ready to leave. Let me give you a couple to sign off with. If and the music video, because that uh, choreography is iconic. Scream featuring Michael, which won them a Grammy for Best Music Video. It was at the time the most expensive music video ever made. Uh, also iconic choreography, them two dancing, iconic. Escapade, personal favorite right there. Doesn't really matter. Uh, Together again, great track. This podcast literally just turned into a will read love letter. To and Jackson. what's it gonna be? Featuring Janet by Busta Rhymes. There's one at left center. <laughs> the love Listen, letter. It's a diverse the love, palette. The love it's letter. a diverse palette. I hope Janet listens to this. I hope the takeaway here just is that she is a queen. And she deserves her due, and I hope that she gets it. I think she's starting to get it. And my whole thing is that I, I think, not even just with her, but I think that uh, people should get the roses while they smell them, while they're still here to smell them. I think Kanye said that. I like that. Remember Big Brother? Big Brother. It's yeah. A big, yeah, I love it. The line is something like, you know, get the roses while you're still here to smell them. And it's true. Like, let's not wait until Janet Jackson is dead yeah. to celebrate Janet Jackson, because that's always what it is. Someone, some big artist dies. And that's when we're willing to celebrate them because they're not here to defend themselves. Because, we're yeah. softer on them. It's the thing with Michael. Like, yeah. It's literally what happened with Michael. The whole the entire narrative changed. Regardless of yeah. Michael's narrative, which again, separate podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, same thing. And I just think, you know, Janet is somebody who, for multiple reasons, beyond even just, you know, she's sold this, it's like, there's on records and stuff like that. Like, I think that Janet has used her platform and tried to use it for social justice, social change, for things that matter and things that are meant to help other people. And that's part of why I think that she deserves justice. Timberlake's done it too, though. Not to the same degree. And also, she did it first. <laughs> Timberlake's done it too, though. Mm. He's got it. When Justin Timberlake drops his Rhythm Nation, you can come back to me. Oh, All right. Uh, follow us at Sammy Davis Jr. At W-E, W-R-E-I-D. And uh, thank you so much for listening, guys. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we get a new episode coming up the next week. I hope we get renewed for the next one. Yeah, we'll see <laughs>